it's going to be great. Awesome. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Revenue Accelerator, where we're talking about what's working, what's not when it comes to making more money. So I've got my guest here, Dominic Cummins, uh, and I'm just going to let him introduce himself. I didn't give him too much warning as to how this works. So Dominic, tell us a little bit about you and what makes you so special. Sounds good. Well, I like long walks on the beach. And how many guests use that as an opening joke when you say that to them? No, but it's like, I think they feel the need to because cats and sandboxes and stuff like Uh, it's all coming together. It is all coming together. Cat jokes. I like it. (laughs) Uh, So beyond having uh, an endless repertoire of dad jokes, I also uh, run a couple of companies. I've had an agency, uh, Mm -hmm. which for all intents and purposes, I've shuttered now just to focus in on coaching agency owners, uh, marketing Mm -hmm. agency owners, particularly. So I run a mastermind and some live events and things like that for specifically to help agency owners like transform their business, build the business of their dreams. A lot of it has to do with sales. So this is always a great conversation. Um, But just anything really, actually, one of our first members termed it is we talk about the RBS, which stood for real business stuff. I'll let you fill in what word she actually used there. Yes, that would be the word. Well, you know, somebody else's <laughs> podcast, so I don't want to be the one to cuss. But um, so that's the stuff is we talk about whatever is going to take the real business stuff, the real business shit that you got to talk about to, to, to grow. And that's yeah. what we focus on. Yeah. So what is the real business stuff? <laughs> wow. It runs the gamut. I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, obviously, there's the obvious things of you know, sales, how do you get more leads? How do you convert more of those into sales? How do you do that type of stuff? But what Mm -hmm. I love is when the members come in and they're, we get on our Tuesday calls and they're like, I gotta be honest with you. I've just had a crap week and I feel like drinking it's nine o'clock in the morning. And we're like, okay, well, what's going on? Well, I, you know, I struggled to make payroll last week. It was just Mm -hmm. a brutal month. We had this expense, hit this thing. And then we start to be able to, when you peel away all of the like I don't know, so many groups, it's all about like positioning, like, oh, we're per- everything's perfect. When mm. you get people who come in there and say like, no, it, it was not a good week or <laughs> vice versa. It was a fantastic week and I want to brag for a little while. Like that's right? good too. But those are the things and it could be anything from just not seeing the profits that you want. It could be financial, financial things. It could be, oh, you know, a lot of mindset stuff of like how to just fix your mind because everything else comes out from out of that. You know, it's funny because a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of people, but I see people making this mistake, um, no matter where they are in the game, uh, the game of business, if you will, it's mindset is a constant thing. So it's not like you take a class and you get that check mark and you get the A plus in mindset. Um, you know, they, they talk about new level, new devil kind of thing. So what do you see as something that you see someone kind of perpetually having as a mindset issue, even though they may have done personal development or they have grown in some areas. Great one, actually. It's been, it was actually our topic of this week, which is the idea of focus. Mm. And so here's the thing that's starting to get to me now is I, we hear the, tar- the term shiny object syndrome. Like yes. I'm sure you've heard that and we hear that yeah. and we all go like, oh, that's cute. Shiny objects. Yeah, I've got a little shiny object syndrome. Just I don't say pivot. Should... Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think what we really need to replace that expression with is like profit killing distraction. Mm. Let's call it what it really is. And yes. focus is so hard. It's so hard to stay focused. We by nature, and I understand why we make light of it with this topic of like it's shiny object syndrome. I get why we do that because it's part of our personality. As entrepreneurs, we're like, oh, that's a good idea. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> but you have to curb it. it can, you you got to realize that 
maybe one of your strengths is also one of your great, greatest weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so when you start terming it, and that's actually what I said to my members, I'm like, you take away one thing from this discussion is it's no longer shiny object syndrome. It's profit killing distraction. Yes. It reframes the entire thought process because I want people to be on a journey to go, go somewhere. And I usually use the example of train tracks. Train tracks don't make sharp right or left turns typically, right? They kind of go if you've got to get off the train to do on the, what they call a siding and get a little repair work, that's mm-hmm. fine. Totally understood. Cause you're still going the same direction. You're just, you're bettering yourself a little bit. Right. But when you're like, Oh, that sounds like a good idea. That's a bad thing. And it distracts you from your business. So focus is one that I think we all, I mean, mm. shoot, I teach this stuff and I have to remind my stuff self to do it, but it's focus is one that, yeah, you're right. You don't get an A plus for focus and then you're done. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't happen. It's all, it's really, it's a, it's a daily uh, reset on focus. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's, it's uh well, and there's the opportunity, right? It's not a one day you just, you, you get unfocused, disfocused. I know that's not a word, but we're just going to go with it. Yeah. We're going to um, go with that. I like if, it. if you get disfocused, <laughs> right? Like it's not a lifetime sentence you get to choose to refocus, to get back into that place of empowerment because isn't overwhelm and, and kind of chaos, this place of lack of control. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And that's where people's, the, the distress comes from, mm. right? Is comes from the disfocus, I guess, if we're going to run that together. Um, but the it's distress comes guys. from it is magic. Yeah. Stress is a normal part of business, right? That's right. just normal. And I think that there, and there's obviously from a proven standpoint, there's healthy amounts of stress. Keep it, ironically, healthy amounts of stress keep you focused. So it's, it's a good thing, right? So it can be very helpful, but when we allow ourselves to get unfocused, or as we're saying now on the cat show, distress <laughs> or disfocus, disfocus. Um, when we're, we're, we're in that lack of focus state, whatever that might be, we start to, it adds up over time. And then those are when you get those responses of people who are like, oh man, now that that thing I didn't do, now it's really weighing on me. And now I, I feel like if I do respond to them, it's even worse. And, and it just compounds. And then it's every morning you're waking up like, I should have done that thing. I didn't do that thing, right? But to your statement, I love your statement of like, hey, it's not a life sentence. By the same token, we also have to realize that focus is also... Mm-hmm not a constant without care. So we can get what we call confirmation bias in the sense that we're like, oh, I'm focused, so I must always be focused. Oh, no, because busy and focus isn't the same thing. Uh, no, not at all. Right. Yeah, right. Because there's activity and there's effort. That's what I like mm. to just, like, you can be really putting in a lot of activity, mm-hmm. but then there's a difference between putting in effort towards growing your business. Those things to me are very different items. Very similar. There's rea- re- they're related in a sense, but check an email or as like marketers love Slack, right? If you're on Slack all day long, yeah, you could be really active. Yeah. But that's not really effort to grow your business necessarily. Exactly. Exactly. That intentional focus that, you know, what I call it, you know, the money generating activities. Mm -hmm. So yes, the laundry needs to be folded. Yes, the dishes need to be done. But do they need to be done right when you're supposed to, quote unquote, be calling back some prospects, right? When you calendared in time to follow up with people or to close sales or to do your master, whatever it is that is going to actually make money in your business. So how do you help people kind of combat their resistance to getting into focus? Well, you start to tie a clear correlation to their behaviors, their 
state of mind, mm -hmm. coming back to that mindset, you start to tie that very quickly to, okay, well, which, what's going on in your life right now? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, I'm this and I'm so stressed out. And I'm like, okay, great. What did you do this morning? Like, what did your morning routine look like? Oh, well, shoot, I did 50 different things. No, but I mean, like, what, what was the routine? Like routine by definition, like what's the thing you do every morning at 5.30 in the morning or 6.30 in the morning? Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I will like, I, you know, so I've got, and then that was the, okay. So right there, you can't explain to me what your morning looks like. You can't explain to me where your day went. And so very quickly people start, I don't find like it's like some sort of thing you have to like berate them too much. They just go, I, right. <laughs> I have no scheduling to that. So then to your point, like, well, I did the laundry in the middle of the day. Well, that was your, your most ideal time to actually get prospects Oh, and Here's the one for you. Like maybe it's just better for you to have somebody do your laundry. Novel. Right. <laughs> right. Because if, how, what is that burning up in your mental equity every single day? Like, do you, it, let's say you're, you're uh, going through the whole day, you're a single mom business or mm -hmm. your married couple doesn't really matter. You're doing this stuff. You go all day long, all day long. And then you have to get into laundry and all that stuff. When are you ever going to talk to each other? When are you going to play with your kids? Yeah. Well, get somebody else to do some of that stuff. Same as we'd hire a VA, hire somebody to do the laundry. Right. Like it's those things where, so then you start to, that's the tactical approach, obviously. But then it starts to be like, oh, wow. What if I didn't have that to worry about? What would my day look like? Could I have done that follow-up? Could I have made that sale? Would I have been better prepared when I got on that call with that salesperson because I was racing, or that not the salesperson, but a prospect because mm -hmm. I was racing before. And look, I've done it. Trust me. Like gotten on and I'm like, who, who am I meeting with? Uh, hi there. Uh, your name is... Uh, hold on, uh, hold on. Let me Bob. wait. Your like, LinkedIn profile's loading. I don't know who you are Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're watching your eyes off screen as you're scrolling through like, oh, okay, you went to, to Michigan State. And they're like, I don't think you're like, oh, crap, that's not you. Like, I mean, you know, oh, all that stuff. There's another John Smith here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It kills your sales process just because you didn't have the time to do it. That's and it's not even that you didn't have the time. You didn't make the time. Make the time. Exactly right. right. And, but there's also something to be said, given the current environment, right? The, the, the pandemic, the, the, you know, I've got young kids at home, six, four, and one at the time of this recording. And I had serious limitations in terms of my time. I had to homeschool kids that I had no interest in homeschooling before, <laughs> but there is something to be said about also relinquishing and releasing the expectation of perfection. Right. So agency owners are really busy people. They've got to manage a whole bunch of different inputs and outputs. And it's not just, I am a coach and I have one offer and I deliver it this one way, right? There's a plethora of different personalities, different people that they need to manage. It's really easy to get distracted, mm -hmm. right? To get disfocused. Um, so <laughs> so what, what's your advice for them when you've got someone who has, you know, what feels like their hand, all of their fingers and toes and limbs in different cookie jars? It comes down to like two H's, honesty and humility. Mm. really it's the honesty to realize that like you can't do it all and that's also like and i'm just being honest with yourself of like i'm not going to get to all this today there's no way and the humility to be okay with that to some extent and then also the humility to just ask for help where you need it mm, right there and so for me it's like i we talked i was at a conversation with a member uh, a couple of weeks ago and we were just talking about her week and what she was going to try to do and accomplish it's just she's like well i got to shoot this and i got to do this and i got to do this so my goal is i'm trying to do eight sales calls i'm like that's not gonna happen like not at that level it's just like 
ah, oh, but I'm going to try. Well, okay, but you're probably not going to make it. So let's just, let's set a more reasonable goal. Right. Um, and we dropped the number down. I don't remember where we ended up, but she dropped it down. She hit that goal, sold every one of them. But the, the, the flip side of that had been now, obviously we don't know for sure, but if she had struggled for eight, maybe she comes out of there feeling depressed. She didn't hit the eight calls. She didn't do this. She sells two of them, one of them, none of them, because she was just, you know, mm. Uh, frazzled. She had had a great week. Part of the problem was she not problem, but good problem to have. She'd had a great week before. So she had to onboard some of those people, which is just solopreneur type stuff, right? right? So you just got all that stuff to do. What if those brand new people who need that coddling hadn't felt like she had time for them to onboard them? So that's where that humility and honestly, honesty kind of work together. Like let's just do honest appraisal of it. There's no judgment here. You'll have to make it up somewhere, but like uh, just be honest with yourself. I mean, I have two children. So I have two at home. I have a 19 year old daughter who lives on, or 20, she just turned 20, 20 living on her own, but I have a 14 year old and a four year old and we had the same thing. And so oh, then it became, sorry, that was an oopsie baby. <laughs> no, it wasn't second marriage, uh, you know, all that good stuff, but that, no. And I got, I got a boy now. So it was, it was fun. Oh, I two girls so you're before. a real man. Like you have passed <laughs> on, like you've done the one so. job you're supposed to do. That's a story your listeners don't care about, but it's so funny. Cause I had never thought that it's so funny raising two girls it just never even occurred to me that like to have the boy everybody would say that and I'm like I'm good like I, I love my daughters but now having my boy I can't I certainly it's fun it's fun to crash cars because my daughters weren't really interested in like crashing cars and throwing or you could do what my dad did which was have six girls and most of them were tomboys so so that could be the other thing I just yeah. was not I was not man enough to raise a tomboy I think that was the problem but anyway so that's a that's a side subject so but, how does that make you feel yeah exactly <laughs> So, cause I was raised by women. So yeah. So anyway, but the, the thing for the, the but back to that discussion is then mm-hmm. I had to, this is where I noticed a lot of people struggle and I'm not trying here to give marital advice, but is that like my wife and I would just talk about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's your week look like? What's my week look like? Yeah. Hey honey, my day just changed. Yeah. How are we going to handle this with the kids? Okay. Uh, could you, okay. Could we compromise? Could you, jump off your call half hour earlier. Like, could we just move that around? Do you think they would be open to moving? Like, cause, cause you could, could you take Enzo for a little, that's my son's name, Enzo. It's like, can you take Enzo for a little bit longer so I can go do this? I still need to get a workout in. Cool. Then go do that. Then I'll watch him. And then as soon as that's done, then I'm going to, and then you just work it out. And that's You're hitting on something here. That's critical. It's communication. Yeah. Communication. Right. Setting expectations. So like, you know, I have a, uh, you may not know, I have a background in corporate. And so one of the things that, you know, was always one of my best tools was resetting expectations. Mm -hmm. And that comes with communication and being okay with, I can't meet this deadline or I can't do this or actually being able to deliver it early, but willing to have that conversation with the support system that you have in place. So whether it's the communication with your spouse, which is great, especially for solo entrepreneurs, because I had definitely had to do that with my husband. And at the time we had one car. So like trying to coordinate, like who gets the car, Um, but communicating with your staff, communicating with your clients, right? It's amazing how much more grace if you would give yourself that grace to not be perfect how much more in flow you could be with your business how much more money you could actually make because you're willing to kind of be flexible yeah well and it's amazing how much people respond to honesty and vulnerability and it's i'm at the point now where i've been doing i came from corporate as well but in sales and and running my own business for long enough now um is that I, if you aren't willing to accept that my son might run in on a zoom call, we were not going to work well together. Our values don't align. 
Yeah. They don't align. And so like, I look, if you're going to be, if you can't accept that, I, I, I mean, I have a beautiful office that I usually work at right now. I'm sitting in the corner of my bedroom with like the best positioning possible to get a good view behind me. You look so good. If, but if you think you, but if you can't <laughs> handle that, we probably weren't going to work well together. Like, cause this is just real life and we're all dealing. Now the cool thing of, if there is, you know, don't, beat me up over this statement. If there's a silver lining to some of this recent circumstances, it's that people are getting more open to this. Yeah. But it has also been a big adjustment for people to just say like, look, things are not going to be perfect and that's okay. And then it, but the good real, uh, what I hope people do is take that a step further and go like, by the way, that's most of business. Mm. Like it's, I have a sticker on my computer that says done beats perfect. Absolutely. Like, just get it done. Get, at least get version one out the door. Because right. if you spend getting so much work getting version one and then it meets clients and then they go, they want it tweaked anyway. And then you're like, oh my God, it was perfect. I don't know what to do. You'll never get version two out the door. So like just get version one done and just apply that to like life in general, communicate with people, have reasonable expectations, be humble and honest and you're good. Like it's right. a much better formula for running a business. Well, and really all this comes down to when you're human right? Yeah. People are attracted to that energy, right? Like no one really wants to work with the person who's perfect. It's intimidating. And when you show that human side of yourself, that vulnerability, that here's how I'm just like you, it actually creates connection and probably helps with, you know, increasing your conversions, increasing your sales, increasing the kind of conversations you have. Like I remember I closed a client once just commenting and I don't recommend men do this, but I was like, oh my God, your kids are so cute. Right. And that started the conversation. It's a little creepy when a guy does it. Um, but <laughs> and I like, like your living room furniture. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's um, those spandex. <laughs> um, like being able to be human and show the values and, and connect on that humanistic component. Um, what would be your best kind of tip um, of, or advice when you see people doing agency work right and people doing agency work wrong? Well, the people who have uh, learned to align what they're passionate about with mm -hmm. their business model are the most successful. So sometimes people have picked, like, for instance, in the marketing world, niche, having a niche or a niche, depending on how you pronounce that. No, right? It's um, so confusing. <laughs> I know. But then the riches are in the niches doesn't rhyme if it's riches in the niches. It well, doesn't the bitches, work well. you know. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but there's a lot of focus on that idea. And I don't know that that's necessarily, I never niched down. We were quite successful. But the point is, is that it's one of those things that's out there. So then people will say, oh, well, I'll pick a niche. Well, let me go pick one that's profitable. And pretty soon they're working with like, no, no disrespect to these folks, but like insurance agents and they can't stand them. Yeah. Well, how are you ever going to be happy in your business doing that? When the thing that you were super passionate about, chances are those folks needed marketing as well. We have a, uh, one member, quick story, is that they were coming in when they first joined us, they were talking about, they were like, we need some help just kind of getting more of these clients. Okay, cool. Who are you working with? They're working with like super cuts and local business, like franchise owners, and mm. business owners and all these types of things. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. How'd you get to that? Well, it's just local, but you know, usual story. What do you love doing? Oh, well, I'm a designer by background. What type of design? Oh, I do kitchen design, interior design and all that. That's my degree. I'm actually a professor of interior design at a college and do this stuff. And I'm like, wait, wait, have you ever talked to designers about marketing? And he was like, no, why not? <laughs> I don't know. We just never thought about it. Now the business is off and running with them in a niche of interior designers because guess what he speaks the language yes he knows this stuff inside and out and 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 it's actually a husband and wife team and she's a marketing expert so pair the two of them together and they are a powerful force 
in a place that they love. So now you married passion mm. together with your business. And it turns out that you can have passion and profit. It does actually work. And a right. lot of people just don't think that. They think like, I'll go chase the thing. They'll chase the money. They'll chase something they fell into and they don't love. Yeah, you can develop the love maybe, but sometimes it, it don't hesitate to take a step back and get into what we teach is called sphere of genius. Get into your sphere mm. of genius, the thing you love and you're so freaking good at because it turns out people will pay you. And you, I mean, there's something to be said too, in terms of, it's not just the amount of income because yes, the money will be there as well, but there's a, there's the cost of, you know, being misaligned. Um, so so if we're going to continue the cost of being disaligned, um, (laughs) I like this. We're playing, um, you know, and what that costs you in terms of frustration and anxiety and, and energy and, and, you know, your relationships with other people, because when you're not happy and you're frustrated, we as human beings tend to take it out, you know, so rightfully on the people we love, <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, you're, you, little did you know, you're probably also like a marriage counselor as part of what you're doing with your agency work. It's amazing how much it does impact relationships. I mean, it's positively impact my relationship to start doing the thing that I love. Right. Like I spend all day talking to agency owners doing strategy work. And it's the thing I'm actually, you know, it sounds bragging, but like, it's the point is like, I'm really good at that. Like I can mm-hmm. sit down and see what unfold. I'm a really crappy at a lot of other things, <laughs> but I can sit, listen to a business owner, talk about their business and go like, Oh, here's the path forward. Like yep. it just comes to me. Here's what we need Love to do. It. And here's how to structure it together. Well, now that I do that all day long, my relationship is better with my wife and my kids. Exactly. Like, not that it was bad before. It was great actually, but we just had our nine year anniversary, but like it's, it's awesome, but it's just, it got that much better because, mm. and then the long days, like there's days where I'm like, Oh my God, I've sitting, sat here for 12 hours. I didn't even notice it. I'm exhausted, but energized. Yes. And that's where when people get to that place, then the money doesn't matter. And for a while, I, the way I structured this business, when I shut down my agency, I was like, I probably will never make as much money as I did with the agency. Lo and behold, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. I didn't think it was going to be that way. But it's turned out to not be that way. But honestly, it's more my wife will say, because she runs all the books and everything. She'll be like, did you realize how well we did over the last few months? I'm like, no, I didn't know. Because I don't, I don't even think about it. I know that the bills are getting paid. Right. That's well, it's an energy. It's a different energetic state when you're not having to, you know, so we have Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. and there's this basic level, right? Where entrepreneurs start coming up and where you've got to deal with, you know, the food, shelter, you know, all that, you know, water, you know, heat, warmth, whatever. When you're in that bottom phase, you can't envision being in an inspired state, right? Getting to that higher level. But when those, like, I know that once I, when I know like what my annual spend is and when I've made that money already in my business, after that, it's just fun because that's just icing on the cake. And, and I actually start making even more money because I'm not attached to having to make the sale. I'm not chasing the dollar. And, and a lot of people struggle to get to that place, which is where we see a lot of people fail in entrepreneurship. And it has a lot to do with their mindset and also as to what exactly they're focusing on. Because when you stay in that state too long, you start chasing the dollar and you start doing the thing. Like this is where the profitable niche is, right? This is what I just fell into. So I'm just going to keep going down this path and not willing to really kind of elevate themselves. So what would be your best advice for people who are looking to take their agency to that next level? What is it that they should be focusing on or making sure that they have in their, you know, their peripherals in terms of cautionary uh, errors or things like that? 
So I start everybody with the same way is start with an exercise where you go through your clients for the last year. Mm. Sorry, I had a phone thing ring up on my thing. Let me clear that off. Focus. Focus Focus. Sorry. Um, I just didn't sure if it cut off my audio when it did that. Um, So what I tell everybody to do is do an exercise where you go through, like, let's say your last year in detail, every single, just list every client out. Mm -hmm. Then the next column down is, list how much money you made from them. That's fine. We want to know that. Next column over that, though, I want to know whether you enjoyed the work. Rate it mm. at one to five, one to 10. I don't really care. One to five is a little easier. Rate, did you like it? Like, what was your level of, like, enjoyment? The next thing I have over there is I, I like to get them to get them an industry and then, like, maybe a revenue size or employee size, depending on how you kind of look for your ideal clients. Put an industry, type of work you did, or type of work you did, industry, and then, like, the client. So if it was, like, Facebook ads for one and you did website development for somebody else or whatever, you know, go through the list, do that. And then at the end of it, we do a training called sphere of genius. So I'll have people like, what is it, was it your sphere of genius? Now, typically the correlation they find very quickly is sphere of genius and the fives, like mm-hmm. I loved them match. Mm-hmm. But when we go through that, it's amazing to see how many of your clients were in that level. So that exercise was taught to me a few years ago, it completely changed the trajectory of my life because I just had a major health issue. Somebody showed that to me. And I was going through the number one and two moneymaker I had as clients. I just, it's strong to say I hated them, but I kind of hated them. And I didn't love <laughs> yes, the work. I just real. was miserable. My team hated them. They were like, one of them in particular hated them. And so, and they were nice people. Like, just they hated this lady. So anyway, so I go through that and I'm like, man, and then the number three, four and five and six, like clients that I work with were like, oh, I was like, oh, my best work. I bet. And the lady just asked me a simple question. So why not just do that every day? Oh, cause I can, I can. And I made so much money off of that. She's like made so much money, but hated your life. Mm-hmm. What was that worth? And so I just say, start with that exercise. Everybody I've had to do that has been like, wow, that's eye opening. And then it just makes you aware. Mm-hmm. Now, what you choose to do with that, there are a variety of different paths with that. But like, take that and you'll probably see some common themes. And so then it becomes like, why not just go with more of those? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't because I got the money. Well, well, if you didn't have that person taking up all your time and you just went after that one that you love. Oh, yeah, I could do that. All right. Well, then cool. Let's do that and make a plan for that. And then it, it didn't take long. It took me about a year. It wasn't a short period of time, but it took me about a year to really get there. And then I was on the path and like, oh, my goodness, life is so much different. But that year in hindsight wasn't really that long, right? So it's no. kind of like the, you know, the 90, the 90 year old rocking chair, the, what, you know, the rocking chair test, right? So when you're 90 years old, sitting on your front porch in the rocking chair and looking back, what were those moments, those pivotal moments? And what if you'd made that decision sooner, right? What if you'd made a different decision? And knowing and standing in the trust that every decision serves you, um, but being able to say, you know, is this serving me and going to that flash forward moment and being like, is this the life that I'm working towards or am I actually on a different path? Dominic, you've been amazing and shared so much value. How can people find you? And is there anything that you want to share with the audience? So absolutely best way to always get a hold of me. I, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, so shocker. Dominic Cummins, yeah, shocker, right? I, I love being on there. I post a lot of content on there. Um, the website is the apexpath.com, A-P-E-X-P-A-T-H, the apexpath.com. Um, you find me there too, but LinkedIn's a great way to thing, like reach out, say hi, connect. Don't spam me right away. Like, you know, wait an appropriate amount of time before you spam me. Three days. <laughs> uh, three days, right. Um, but no, connect with me. I love connecting with people on there. I'm active. I'll, I'll interact with your post. I expect you to do the same. Right. <laughs> no, but right. Uh, 
uh, just, you know, be social. So that's, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Guys, make sure you check Dominic out. It's Dominic Cummings, C-U-M-M-I-N-S. Get a, you know, connected to him on LinkedIn. He does share a lot of valuable content, things that make you think, things that could actually make you money before you even ever talk to him in terms of a conversation. I definitely recommend checking out his web- website. Um, it'll be in the show notes for you guys. Dominic, thank you so much again for hanging out with me today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me and teaching me new words. Yeah. I appreciate it. Dis- 